Nope. Nope. Oh, no. Oh, no. I wasn't prepared. Oh, no. The podcast is is broken. broken. Hi, I'm Lauren. Hi, I'm Bridget. I like anime. This is, yeah, this is a podcast about anime. Specifically, right now, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. But not, like, always about Full Alchemist Brotherhood? Just right now. Full Full Alchemist Alchemist Brotherhood. I've been awake since 2.30 this morning. And I'm dying. Um, and it's it's 6.30 at night. That's the I, purpose. Because if I just say that and you don't know what time it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I currently have a deeper voice and you will hear me dealing with snot throughout this whole episode. Uh, thanks to allergies and a combo of catching some virus or cold. Not the virus, because I got tested for everything. That's really awesome. annoyingly. But got something. Who knows? You're like, you're like Phoebe. You've got you've got sexy phlegm. <clears throat> well, I'm not going to sing about a smelly cat, though. That's a bummer. I love smelly Peggy, cats. Peggy's just smell. It's really Pepper that's smelly. Peggy loves to smell the smelly cat. Um, yeah, Lauren and I did most of our banter before the show because we were panicking Sorry. about these episodes because there's a lot crammed into them. A lot. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything I can repeat. That uh, Lauren, Lauren has a theory that uh, was so far-fetched, but comes true, so we'll address that. <laughs> it's the one theory we thought for sure wasn't going to happen, and lo and behold, um, it happened. <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed. I really I am. don't think it happens until next episode, though, but just I think, brace. Well, I'm, I don't I'm going through... Oh, no, no. It ends. Uh, I think we end right on that. Ending, yeah. We end on it, and then we elaborate more. (laughs) But, man, that uh, episode 40 just kind of blew that theory into existence and reality, and it was really insane. Um, Yeah. I I have no words because I'm still (laughs) shocked. I I wasn't expecting this. It's like having to give a speech last minute where someone's like, oh, speech, go ahead. And you're just like, oh, God, don't look at me. And then it's so good. And everybody's like, wow, did you plan that? And you're like, no. Yeah. I didn't. Thank you, though. That's Lauren. She didn't plan that theory to be real. (laughs) But it it happened. But I And it is now canon. <laughs> I feel like all of my years of writing fan fiction has given me this gift of thinking of obnoxious things. And being so, able to predict how something happens. Yeah. Remember when Even you were if it's out of left field? Yeah. You can predict everything. I feel like I'm your dad now. I am the daddy of the week. <laughs> so I don't know how I feel about that, but maybe, all right. Or maybe one of our three Canadian listeners who might listen yeah. to this episode. We have three knows? people in Canada that listen, and if you're one of those three people, you're extra special to us, because you're our first, like, out-of-country listeners. You well, should comment. I don't know anybody in Canada. Anything, please. No, I just want, I don't know what our statistics are. I feel like that's all you. You've got all uh, the Here, let me see if I can pull them up real quick. Mm. It was on Spotify where we have most of the data. Um, Spotify is better. So we have 12 listeners, 10 followers. We've had 66 streams so far. 97 people have started the podcast. So And then all stopped. <laughs> uh, our biggest uh, listening date was on November 18th. That's just pretty interesting. Whoa. Uh, let's see. It's right now... <laughs> Hmm. Uh, so 
Remember when I was telling you the gender of our podcast, like, listeners? Yeah. Uh, it's changed. So now it's saying there's zero male and zero non-binary and zero <laughs> non-specified and all female. Oh, dope. Which, I know some people that listen to us, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> and know. then they are all 28 to 34. Which, oh. that's around our age, so that works. Even dope. Um, now it says there's nobody in Canada. Oh, no. And it I says so excited about Canada. All the stream in the United States. Oh, that's the last seven days. Okay, let's look at all oh. times. Wow. You're really just I'm, taking me for a ride I here, just, <laughs> So sorry. Okay. 32% male listeners, 68% female. Uh, and then 64% is between 28 and 34. 32% between 23 and 27. And 3% between 18 and 22. I like that oh, they're and all adults. Two percent between sixty and one hundred and fifty, which I'm really questioning why the age goes up to one hundred and fifty on that scale. Uh, Is there someone about to turn like a hundred, right? I and don't she's think pretty good. I'm just I saying. I don't think she's one hundred and fifty or even near no. that. But they probably opened it because she's about to be out of the hundred, like into the hundreds. Like she's going. And I think like, she's you know like. What? If Betty White, no, she's like about to turn a hundred. I swear. How old is Betty White? How, how old? Come on, keyboard. How old is Betty White? Ninety-nine. Oh my gosh! So on January seventeenth, she turns one hundred. I'm just saying, Betty White changed the game for these. <laughs> she's still acting. This is insane. Um. The artist that people that listen to us mainly listen to is Bruno Mars, Ennio Morcone, so that's Connor, <laughs> Virginia to Vegas, The Shins, and Brandy Carlisle. Lauren, is that Virginia you? Virginia to Vegas, that, that is me, yeah. That's uh, we have, those last three are me. So. 57 streams in the United States and nine in Canada. <laughs> nine in Canada. Nobody else overseas. That's okay. Uh, so that's really cool. Canadians are much nicer than everyone. That's a fact. Everyone. Uh, that's Spotify. Let's see if I can get... I mean, Apple doesn't give me too many details, which is kind of annoying. Um, try harder. Let's see. Log in, and then I'm going to have to go on my computer. Yes, my Apple ID is being used. Yep, I'm allowing it. Uh, are you? That was very fast. That was a very fast alert. It... it Apple, like, the minute you try and log on. Oh, Lauren's tater tot. That's, that's my tater tot timer. Please excuse me while you log in. All right. I'm going to keep going over details here. Uh, Apple, we have five listeners and no engaged listeners and 92 plays, but I guess y'all didn't finish. Um, our most popular episode is our bonus number two episode. Of Star Wars. Say what? Uh, I was saying our most popular episode on Apple now is uh, our bonus number two Star Wars episode that we had with Hunter. Hmm. Uh, also, our longest episode, two hours and 19 minutes, which is funny that yep. that's our best listened one on Apple. We just got so carried away. It's, I mean, you, you gotta so put me and another Star Wars nerd there. We're gonna talk about Star Wars. Let's see. YouTube. Um, here we go. 
avoid the Attack on Titan trailer. It's loading slowly but surely. Um, yeah, our Apple numbers were not as great compared to our Spotify numbers, which I listen mainly on Spotify also, so. I do too. Uh, so we have 12 current subscribers on YouTube. Um, oh, we have 12 now? Dope. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Number, our top video is an accidental car insurance ad, which was last week's episode. When we talked about <laughs> but I got that random insurance call in the middle of the podcast. I forgot about, oh, did you listen to my voiceover? Did you I did. It? it was it was good. I was like, she's off. And then you like switched train of thoughts. I was like, nailed it. She got it. it was, um, uh, yeah. Thank you. So let's see. No, click on the overview. We have 62 views. Uh, we just gained three subscribers recently. Let's see. Uh, our we we have the most views on the homunculuses or homunculi episode five <laughs> of the show. Uh, homunculi. Well, we, now we homunculi. Know. We we know that now. Uh, yes. But that that's our one uh, with the most views on it. Um, yeah, and I won't give you... Uh, average view duration, 25 minutes. So y'all don't make it all the way through, but thank you. Maybe they just trying. like our banter and they're not into the anime. I'm going to choose to believe that, that we're just really cute and fun and everyone wants to talk to us. And then they're like, yeah, but I'm not really into full metal, so let's wait for the next That anime. is interesting. That would be cool. Uh, all the other numbers are kind of sad. Unique viewers, 20. I don't know what that what means. What does that I mean? That means, I think that means people who like found our uh, page naturally. Mm. And not through paid ads, which sometimes I do. Uh, so let's see. 3.2 of our viewers are from suggest videos. 16.1 are from the browse features. That's more than I thought. 30.7 from YouTube search, which is makes sense. 48.4 from channel pages. That's my link um, mm. that we post everywhere. And then there's not enough data. It says almost everything else. That's okay. Uh, the number one tags that people search for to find our videos, anime, Full Metal Alchemist, and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood Fundimation. Ooh. Eight, 819 impressions. That's nice. That means people who have at least scrolled past their video. Uh, well, engagement. Something. Homunculuses or homunculi has the most engagement. We need that one. Well, I hope that was and a good episode. I don't really remember any of it. Uh, our watches, yeah, our ninety, our watches are ninety point one percent not subscribed to our channel and nine point nine percent subscribed. So that sounds like hey, y'all need to subscribe. Yeah, <laughs> we we both work difficult jobs that we're not super into, and we would like to not do that. We just want to watch anime and talk all the time. And then maybe I'll get Bridget a big gay bracelet on accident. Oh, I didn't tell y'all that. Okay, no, well, tell them the story. I got. My best friend, Dana. This long-distance bracelet. We don't live long-distance, but we used to live together, and we write fan fiction together. And it's this thing, because we write so many at once, whenever we have a reply to something that we're writing, and we need the other one to read it, we send each other boops. And these bracelets light up when you touch them, and they go to the other person, and I thought it'd be really fun. Lauren, Lauren, before you keep going, explain what a 
what a boop is. You just I did. text text a boop. Yeah, and then she knows that she needs to read what I No, wrote. you explained to me what a boop was. You need I to explain to our listeners. Just explained it. No, you right said now. I sent I sent Dana a boop. Yes. I said I send her a boop when she needs to read what I have written in our shared Google Drive. I didn't so say boop. shared Google Drive. But that boop is what a boop is. Text. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I was like, text. people don't know what a boop is. You were like, I did. I was like, no. No, you didn't. <laughs> I said I send a boop. I was like, nobody knows what a boop is. A boop is pooping on a nose. That's not what you're sending. I'm so See, sorry. they're just as upset it. about it. Um, I feel like I'm in a Disney, not a Disney show, like a Nickelodeon show from the mid 2000s. And, and they're just talking about some like weird Facebook that doesn't exist, like a, like a what was it, Splash Face? Or, I don't like, know, whatever was on iCarly. Yeah, and they're like, oh, I can, you can send this person a boop instead of a poke. That's what I felt like. Okay. What's a boop? <laughs> Anyway, I got Dana, and I feel totally justified saying this because she's not going to listen. <laughs> she won't know that I did this, but I got her and I these bracelets so that we could just push the bracelets and the others would light up and we'd know that we had a boot because I thought that'd be really fun and cute. And then they came it in. It is. Then they came in, and I realized how incredibly romantic they are. <laughs> they, they have like inscriptions on the back like i'm yours forever or to the moon and back and like they came in like with these little jane austen quote cards which is also ironic because i i love jane austen like pride and prejudice is my favorite book slash movie like i love pride and prejudice and that's like a thing and a lot of our fan fiction's unintentional maybe it was meant to be maybe i was just supposed to get her this ridiculously romantic Dana's your soulmate. Dana's your soulmate, not your husband. Dana's your soulmate. So it's okay. Now we need to get Will a boot bracelet or something. Get him the pillow one. But we sleep next to each other. Why would you just hug the pillow? (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, don't do that. You need something you can take to work. I don't know. That's my, we'll think that's about my it. conundrum, y'all. I, I don't know if I'm going to give her Boop. these romantic bracelets. I love it. I love I, it. I, I think, think you should. I think you should. Absolutely should. I have your Christmas present I'm working on next to me. I need to paint it. I just drew it out. Oh, yeah. So exciting. I'm trying to figure out what to get Will. I can't tell you about it right now. Because <laughs> Walking in? No. He listens to our... Oh, that's now, right. Will's a listener you. now. Yeah. Now yeah. we have to be careful on our secrets. Our secrets. So Not I that we said me. So many secrets. So many secrets. Um, so you want to dive into this? Yes. So yes, we're watching episode, we watched episodes 37 through 40. Uh, episode 37 is called The First Homunculus. Episode 38 is called Conflict at Basque. Uh, episode 39 is called Daydream. And then episode 40 is called Homunculus in parentheses. Uh, and then in parentheses, The Dwarf in the Flask. Which is a really long name for yeah. a few. Like, it was an odd name for the type, for the episode, but you know. It was fine. the smallest of inconveniences to me that I had to type that in to <laughs> the FMA wiki. 
because it was just so long and annoying when I was looking I mean, for fun facts. you would have thought they would call it, like, the first homunculus, but they already named well, it episode that, and then it's yeah. like, well, I have a fun right. fact about the name of that episode that I am not going to tell you until we get there, so I'm... Well, well, here we are on the first homunculus. Lauren, do you have a Netflix intro for us? Uh, you bet your booty. I do. Um, Hawkeye is shocked! Which, when the first homunculus reveals himself, far away, Edward is surprised by an offer from Kimberly. Full Metal can have all that he has searched for in exchange for becoming a masked murderer. Bum bum bum. Bum bum bum. It's good, but this, yeah, this homunculus reveal is like, why would you show your hand like that? All right. It's really out of left field. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> for it's real, interesting. Though. But, I mean, it makes sense with their name, because he's like, oh, look at me. Look at me. I could show off. Yeah. Uh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, do you have any new voice actors for us? I do have a new voice actor for you. I have the voice for Lieutenant Herschel. That Which is one is that one? I don't remember right now. <laughs> I'm like, having, like, I wrote it down, and I'm like, how important was this? I don't know, but all right. <laughs> I feel he at least has speaking lines and someone yeah. said his name because that's someone how I Someone says do their this. name, yeah. If their name is said aloud and I can find them, then they I'm already bad at names, so I can't pinpoint who it is. <laughs> it is. I, I, it's, got, it's, probably, it's probably someone from. Um, it's probably someone from Briggs or someone sent to Briggs. It's probably someone sent to Briggs, is what yeah. I'm thinking. Um, anyway, his English voice actor is Cole Brown, and he plays Marshall D. Teach in One Piece, or Blackbeard, I think, the same person. And then he plays the Celestial Spirit King in Fairy Tale, and the Heaven Tale. Chancellor in A Certain Magical Index. Those were his big three, and I don't... No. For a second, I yeah. thought you were just not naming the anime, and you're like in some certain magical index, and I was like, "Oh, okay." No. <laughs> I think like, that was the anime. I was like, "Man, anime titles sometimes throw me for a loop." Yeah, they're a little odd, and that's okay. Like, what's that? How not to hit on a girl in a dungeon, or whatever? How not to pick up girls in a dungeon? Yeah. Or that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Yeah. Or... The, there. Are, sometimes anime titles just really left field. All right, yeah, I love it. Oh, here oh, we wait, go. Wait, oh, I wait. have the Japanese voice actor. Oh, that's bad. right. It's a uh, Kayoyuki. Ooh, I did that one so good. Kayoyuki Yanada, uh, and he plays okay. General uh, Rildo. Rydal. I think it's Rildo. Rildo. Oh. I'm gonna say Rildo, but it sounds like Dildo, and it really bothers me. Um, real General Rildo in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Oh, Jojo Kujo, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z, nineteen ninety eight JoJo's Bizarre Adventure video game. So very specifically, but I I like JoJo, so I had to put it down. And then he also plays James's father in Pokemon. That's it. Oh, that's yeah. like probably like a one episode flashback. Yeah. Oh, before we dive into this, I have a fun will thought from my watch notes. I just saw it. Oh, and I forgot. Okay. Um. I was talking to Will the other day, and he kept saying Wiley. He's like, yeah, you know, Ed, and he's thinking about Wiley again. And I was like, do you mean Winry? He thought Winry's name was Wiley this entire How? time. I don't know. 
Okay, so I just texted Lauren last night. I was reading the manga. I'm trying to catch up for next week. It's not going to happen because we jumped like 20 chapters an episode. Um, but we've been saying Ishval with like a V. And then it when reading it last night, it's Ishval with a B in the manga. And I was like, what? So That makes more this- sense. I'm watching this subtitled, and I finished the last episode for the next episode today, and they do say Ishval with a V. With a like V? Okay. Not, yeah, it's not a B, so I don't know. I'm wondering one. if there's, there's like some your copyright thing that you're reading. Or That's what I'm guessing. Manga? Yeah, well, you're I, not. Are you reading it legally? I played the fifth on that. If you're reading scans, it's probably not translated correctly. But it is, it's not legal, but at the same time, it's ripped from the legal site, so it's that, properly it matter. But I think, I think it maybe might have to do something copyright, you know, uh, like, <laughs> this is going to be a horrible example, and don't yell at me. Avatar The Last Airbender, and Avatar, the movie, um, you know, they had to, like, change subtle things. Because of copyright, because you didn't get all the copyright. Mm-hmm. But so I'm wondering it's if made by like, the creators, that doesn't make sense. But if like maybe because the first series had mm-hmm. those rights, I don't know. I think the only way we're gonna know is if we get our hands on the actual manga and look at it. Would somebody like to donate that to us? Because I looked them all up on uh, Amazon, and they were really expensive. <laughs> Um, I was like, no, oh. so, so, so I love Shaman King. I know I've talked about it before, but it was like the first manga I ever fell in love with. And they're releasing them in, what are the, in, in collections. And they're so cheap and I want them so bad. See, full metals in collections, but um, they're still really pricey. I was, I was trying to find, and then I also really wanted this one collection that had this beautiful Armstrong cover. And they were, like, sold out and, Bummer. you know, struggles. I know. All right. Well, I'm going to dig into that more. But Wiley and Winry sound very different yeah. compared to Ishbal and Ishfall. I just needed you to know that Winry has been Wiley to Will this entire time. Wally was the name of my dog that we had to put down because he bit so many people. Like, Maybe you wouldn't have had to put him down if his name was Winry. Well, I wanted to name him Darth Vader, and my mom's like, that's an evil guy's name. We're not going to name the dog evil. And now I'm like, look at that. Looks like we should have named him Darth Vader. I've made that joke now that it's been like 10 years since the dogs died, but I'm like, nah, I knew. Um, Anyway, sad dead dog stuff out of the way. Also, my dad listens to an episode of, well, not all of it. He listened to like... That's what my parents did. They listened to like two, and was just. Is that what we talked about, your dad? I hope not. No, it is. We were talking about Alan Tudyk. Oh my gosh, no! It was in the second one. It was in the second one. We talked about your dad looking like Alan Tudyk. That's the one he was listening to, and he. We went to lunch, and he mentioned it super casually, like it just came up in conversation. He was like, "Oh yeah, I was." I was on YouTube the other day because I was listening to your podcast because he was trying to show me some, like, David Sedaris thing that he thought was really cool, you know, old man uh-huh. things. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He was just like, oh, yeah, and then I listened to a couple minutes of this, and I just kept going. I was like, Dad, you weren't you weren't going to tell me you listened to my podcast? You are just going to let that slide under the radar? 
what what is that and he's like yeah i was just there was a lot of talking i'm like that's that's what podcast is there's a lot of talking well we talked about you so um if you're listening mr not alan tudyk uh mr four (laughs) mr not alan tudyk uh we'd love to have you as a guest you know, no, watch, watch, watch your mom. Wouldn't it be so much fun to have your dad on as a guest? Would you rather? Would you have your dad on as a guest? Absolutely not. Yeah, no, I don't want that. Not at he all. He fell asleep midway through. I think so. Would mine? Um, he can't even watch a full <laughs> episode of TV. You think he can watch something he has to read? Come on. Lord, you're supposed to talk over that. <laughs> no, I wanted everyone to hear it. You want everyone to hear my snot? Yeah. Sorry, everybody. I was I'll like, say, you know what? This seems like a good place to just stare at Bridget. <laughs> Worse. I'm going to crop this part out. Gross. There's just tissues everywhere. All right, here we go. We go right into the intro in 37. Um, Then, there are now more soldiers at Briggs, and they showed up saying they're here to escort Winry, but they only answered to Kimberly, which we don't enjoy. Uh... Winry is super kind to Kimberly, and it flashes back to Kimberly in the car with her, and he's like emotionally manipulating her to win her trust and saying he was dispatched to save her parents. And the audacity! But the 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 armies were too large, and they didn't get there in time. And then there's this whole story of them like they're dead, holding a photo, and he knew he knew it had to be their daughter. And I was like, I oh literally wrote, burn him with fire. He is not so manipulative. Remember last episode when I was like, you know, Kimberly's kind of cool. I like him as a character. I hate him. Don't mess with Winry. I hate you. Burn you with fire. That's Uh, been through enough. And girl is fire. But I did appreciate the very complicated emotions that this kid had, and how it shows both good and bad sides of like everyone he knows. And he's like, yeah. oh no, people are complicated. And I'm like, yeah, man. They're complicated. Ed, Ed, Ed's, Ed's about to go through an emotional coaster with what Kimberly is doing. Uh, and we'll get to that at the end when there's some really scary moments that Lauren and I are like, <gasps> um, so Ed's trying to tell Winry all the things that he did in Ishval Ish or Ishval, whatever you want to say. Uh, and <laughs> In the midst of him trying to say that really subtly while he's laying on the bed, shirtless, Winry's fixing his arm, he's like telling her to come closer. He gets a flashback of Hawkeye telling Ed that he was in love with Winry, and he freaks out. And he's like, "Don't, don't let her know you're freaking out!" So he just starts like repeating like elements on the periodic table, and Winry just mumbles under her breath, "Why did I have to fall in love with such a weirdo?" And he's like, "What?" She's like, "Nothing." I'm freaking out. I'm like, she admitted it. She said the L word. All right. So we got oh, one side completed. Love? She said love. She didn't love. say love in the Japanese. Oh, she, she said she love said in English. She fell for him. She That's said, it. why did I have to fall in love with such a weirdo? And I was like, count it. Count it. Count it for the ship. All right. Uh, and I'm laughing because Buccaneer walks in at, with his auto mail and looking at Ed's auto mail. And when we just freaks out and fangirls over that auto mail and is like, Ed, it's diamond tip. Do you want me to give you diamond tip? He's like, no. And uh, then um, uh, the guy who does the auto mail at Briggs, is like, you want to go see all my other stuff? So they go and Ed's like, hey, don't wander alone. It's not safe. He can't like tell her everything, but he wants to tell her everything. Uh, meanwhile, 
Yeah. Why does Buccaneer hit Ed before he leaves? Like, he was being all blushy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, Because Larry. he's just like, you don't deserve her. I, I think they're just like brothers. I guess. Because Buccaneer, Buccaneer's like the, he's the bear, remember, of, of the yeah. Briggs, but Ed could take him on, and you know, it's, it's a little like, like I needed another thing. giant boy to fall in love with. Jesus. <laughs> I'll take more. <laughs> uh, and so meanwhile, this whole thing is happening, and poor Al's sitting in a jail cell. Uh, so Kimberly's making sure to keep Ed and Al separated. Al realizes that and sees that it's kind of a smart move, because they're a lot smarter and better together. Um, and they have Winry there as collateral slash a threat of, like, hey, if you don't listen to us, we could kill her right here, right now. So they can't find the team that went into the tunnel that we saw last week, um, the, the tunnel that Sloth built. Uh, and they should be out of provisions and food and stuff right now, and they would have been in complete darkness for a week. So they're not sure if there's any survivors. Um, but they're going to go in there, and they say if they're not back in 24 hours to seal it up. Uh... was only on her and orders her men that if someone finds out about arm about general raven i don't know if raven's general about raven uh that she was the only one responsible and makes him like follow orders and commands that it's just her tater tot time go get your tater tots Please continue <laughs> um so then there's the flower lady the flower lady that we saw last week that gave mustang a message from general armstrong uh so they need the strength of Mustang's army to create an offensive lead with. Uh, Briggs' strength is normally defense, but they need offense right now because they're getting uh, invaded from the inside. Um, the flower lady said she served the Armstrong family for years, and so she takes her hair out of this wrap, and she has the iconic little Armstrong hair curl. And so it makes me wonder if maybe she's like a family member. I don't know, but love it. Love the Armstrongs. Um, so then they do find some of the soldiers that are lost in the tunnel, and there's just, like, absolute carnage everywhere. Like, it almost looks like Lust's, uh, little spiky, slicey fingers. Like, and there's a horse in there that's just absolutely chopped up into bits. Uh, people are ripped apart. They said the light brings the shadow, um, and the shadow has eyes and teeth, like the portal, uh, that we see, uh, it, when Ed and Al you know, human transmutate and what, uh, came out of gluttony. Um, we see the, we see it come up to the guys that are in there and the survivors and the new team that's found them. And then it slowly backs away. So not quite why it backs away, but it does. Um, and then all of a sudden we're back at, at what's it called? The, we're back at, um, King Bradley's house and Salim is there and Salim pops up. But the same, it, Salim has the same noise as the shadow thing it brings. And so that was my first hint of like, eh, I knew this kid was sketchy. Because the shadow, oh my goodness. <laughs> the shadow thing it, br it brings in the tunnel uh, that was ripping people up, like, it made a certain noise. And then when Salim pops up out of nowhere in the room, it made the same noise. And I was like, this kid, this kid. Um... The mom says he's the pride of my life, uh, and I made you sure to write that note I, down. I literally, I paused it, because I was like, no. 
And then I went back and I went again and I paused it again and I was like, that's not, they're not alluding to anything. She's just being yeah, a mom. They are! And then they were. And then I wrote down, Lauren is not allowed to like characters ever because they all <laughs> either die or are evil. Mm-hmm. So... So she yeah. says he's the pride of my life and then says that he's adopted, but the kid is related to Bradley, so he must have some of his genes. And so I write in all caps, Saliba's pride, he is homunculus. <laughs> and I am right. Um, I write in all caps next, oh shoot, Salim is in the courtyard talking to Hawkeye. He is a homunculus. Uh, he moves in the shadows. He's not a homunculus like Gluttony. Salim is pride, and he was the first homunculus created by father. Beep, beep, beep. Um, we'll get more into detail about that later in another episode, uh, at the end of this episode, but it's, woo. Um, so the little hands freak me out. The little hands that go up the face. Yeah. Where, where I don't are like the little, little hands. hands in the tunnel. They just have knobs and eyes. Uh, <laughs> there are little hands in the tunnel. You can see them. They're not very big. There are little hands, though. Uh, and then Salim says, no matter where you are, I'll be watching you from the shadows. But Salim, the bride makes that little noise in the shadows, and Hawkeye can hear it and sense it now, and she's a smart cookie. Um, so, Kimberly has three jobs from the Fuhrer for Ed. We pan back to Briggs. We do a lot of jumping. We're in two different locations a lot of the time now. One, hunt down Scar, find him, and, you know, Kimberly will take care of the rest, which Kimberly just wants to kill Scar. Two, find Dr. Marco, but don't hurt him. Three, carve a crest of blood here in Briggs. Kill everyone and soak the land in blood like an Ishval. And it's like, no! And he's trying to reason with Kimberly. Kimberly explains that he's with the bad guys because he wants to see who will win, homunculus or human. He sides with them because he has complete freedom to use his alchemy however he wants. So he's just a power-hungry, manipulative person. And we all know people like that in history fly too close to the sun and die. So, die. Anyway, uh, die. <laughs> so die. Kimberly tempts Ed with the Philosopher's Stone. And I was like, ah, this is going to be the real temptation here. Um, if he does what they ask, he'll give it to him. Um, Ed says he needs to consult with Alan Winry, but Kimberly says, okay, but I'm going to be there to listen to what you tell them. Uh, Winry realizes they're using her to force Ed and Al to do horrible crimes, because basically, Ed and Al talk, and they kind of have code with each other, and understand, yes, I'm going to do this, okay, but I'm so disappointed in you, brother, but they know what they really mean, so Ed walks off with Kimberly, and Al is kind of getting Winry in on the loop, that they're using her to force them to do things. Um, Al's freaking out about the stone. Ed gives Al a look, almost to tell him to play along, and Ed agrees to do the job, but Al is letting Winry in on the plan that Ed's going only after Scar to find Bay Chang to learn Alka history, which was their end goal, because they know something's wrong with their alchemy in the land. Um, and so they're all getting in the car, and I'm laughing because Ed is squished between... <laughs> Mm -hmm. Owl. And then Winry's like, well, I'm coming too! And then squishes in and, like, and poor Ed in the middle of the car. I just love that. It reminds me of Hawkeye and uh, Mustang and Ed and Al in the car. Um, Winry says she has to go. If the automail goes wrong, she can't tarnish the Rockbell name, and they just pretend to have a little bicker, and Kimberly's like, whatever, okay, fine, you can go. Um, but that way she's with them. It isn't just waiting around as a hostage anymore. Uh, they kind of have more control of their situation. 
And so that's how the episode ends. We get an after credit scene. It's a battle between human and chimeras happen, we assume. And then Ed and Al clearly find Scar and Marco. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then um, there's a quote that says, At the moment of victory, you'll find that you're most vulnerable. Ooh. So, Lord, do you have any fun facts? So many fun facts. Um, so... The chapters covered in this episode are chapter 70, the first homunculus, and chapter 71, the grip of the red lotus. Okay. Um, in the original series, Ed insults Kimberly when they're talking and tells him that he's surprised he passed his uh, state alchemy sanity test. <laughs> and uh, also, Kimberly makes like weird, creepy comments about Winry and how much he admires her, and then he reassures Ed that his feelings for her are strictly platonic, and I'm glad they cut that, because it seems really weird. That's really um, creepy. Yeah. Like, we um, get it. It's creepy enough. He's being nice and manipulative. We get it. So, in the dub, this is actually really interesting. So, everything he said about what Winry said, or what uh, Kimberly said to Winry, where he was uh -huh. like, yeah, my team was dispatched specifically to get your parents, all yeah. the stuff. In the sub, he doesn't say any of that. Um, Interesting. says that they were on a mission and they just happened to come across the site that her parents were at and they found Interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know why they did that, but it's strange. And then um, at the beginning when Ed's reciting the periodic table so he doesn't think about his exploding love for Winry, he's so exploding with love that he actually starts skipping elements and none of them are in order after Boron. So Aww, I guess they love each other! Uh, I love that. So, so then that brings us to episode 38, Conflict at Fast School. Lauren, do you have any voice actors for that? Or a Netflix summary first? I have both. Are you Ooh, ready? ready. So, the Netflix summary is, when Scar is cornered... Oh, no. Uh -oh. This, this auto-corrected very strangely. <laughs> um, no, that's fine. When Scar is cornered, not concerned... He's concerned <laughs> by a pair, cornered by a pair of gruesome chimera. The Elrics must enter the fray as unlikely allies. Later, Winry's attempt to confront Scar over his role in her parents' death ends in despair. So that's, okay, that's that. Not horrible. And then, I think I only have one voice actor for here. No, I have two. They did end up saying the other guy's name. So, here are oh. the idiots. Uh, the first guy, one of the first, the spiky chimera, uh, his name is... Zampano and Zampano, Zampano. Um, and his English voice actor is Chris uh, Rag Ranger. Ranger. It's a it's a weird name. Uh, he does. Oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. This is Kristen's boyfriend. I forgot her ex boyfriend. He's Mister Satan in Dragon Ball Z. Oh, so he's the guy who came to Draft House. Yeah. Okay. I've met him in passing. I don't know. He is also Blackbeard in One Piece, because so we've had the Japanese voice actor for him in these in this episode we're recording, and now the English voice actor, which I thought was really funny. And then he plays one of my favorite characters in that time I got reincarnated by a slime, uh, Valdora Tempest, who's just a giant dragon who's encased in this like magic egg that it can't get out of, so the slime eats it. 
And it's like, yeah, I'm going to just keep you in me. And then All uh, right. once I figure out how to break your curse, I'll let you out. And the Interesting. Just like, sure. Uh, he also plays Cementos in My Hero Academia, which I thought was really Okay. Fun. Okay. Similar character. <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese voice actor is uh, tak- uh, Takashi uh, Hikaida. Hikaida. Uh, I didn't have any names. That's just his name. Okay. Uh, then we had Jerzo, who's the snot chimera. Oh my gosh, and I hate that <laughs> noise that he made every time I was like, uh, I just wait till hate we this. Jojo, dude. Um, the English voice actor's name is Andrew Love, which I thought was cute. Um, and he plays <laughs> Mr. Plastic and the Black Whip Vestige in My Hero Academia. So ah, hero. okay. I don't know his yep. name. Uh, he oh, also we just plays know him as Blackwick. Uh, Daigo uh, Aki in Food Wars. I don't remember who that is. Uh, they did. Mm. The dogs remember. The dogs remember. Then he plays Takitori Yam- Yamamoto in Haiku. And my favorite, he plays Takio Guda in My Love Story, which is literally just the cutest little love anime ever that I will watch at some oh. point. My dogs don't love it. They need to. That's need really to rude of them. I they, know. That's so rude. But. <laughs> so sad. They're so uh, sad. The Japanese voice actor. <laughs> oh my Lord. gosh. Hey. Why was that so hey, aggressive? Dog. You okay? Hey. Hey. <laughs> that little it's her back. Do this please. What is wrong with you? They're being real extra tonight. You good? Let's be good. The little paw noises. <laughs> I'm, they're, they're just chilling here. Um oh my goodness. I think we're okay. Uh All go, right. go ahead. Good. Okay, here we go. Um, so Hawkeye opens the door to her apartment and gets startled. The eyes staring at her in the darkness. It's just her beautiful dog. Uh, Pride's Me I'll too. be watching you from the shadows, like, replays through her head. So she's very paranoid about it. Mustang calls uh, and is drunk and says, hello, it's your local neighborhood florist. And this dumb voice. He likes me up whenever he does. I know. He He's her. like, I got kind of, <laughs> I got kind of drunk and bought a car full of flowers. And Mustang tries to give her some flowers, because, you know, that's who he thinks at first. When he gets drunk, he gets flowers. Um, but he can tell something's wrong in her voice and quickly sobers up. And uh, she's like, no, no, it's fine. But he knows something's wrong, because he's, like, staring at the phone after they hang up. And she tells her puppy, it's amazing how uncanny his timing is. And in all caps, I write, admit you love each other, you cowards. They won't. They won't. It's annoying. He's... Hello! Hello, boobies! I know you can't hear me, but I love you! Uh, I'm so happy when people watch this video. There's just a boobie! Video! It's okay. Booty! Booty booty! Booty booty! It's okay. Aww. Okay, so uh, then we finally get the intro. And then Baskel is an abandoned mining town. Oh, this is fun. Okay, so last week in the episode, I told Lauren I'd started watching the manga. And there's this fun story that they never mentioned in the show about this mining town, not Baskel, a different one. And it's like chapter like two or three. 
and Ed and Al go there, and, like, they're being ripped off. And we, I realize now it's Yoki. We found that out last week when Lauren was, like, mentioning it. I was like, Yoki, Yoki, that's the name of the guy in the, the chapter I read. And he's, like, playing them, stealing all their money, and they want the mine to themselves. And Ed makes gold, which is a no-no, but he turns it back into rock, but convinces Yoki to give it free of charge the mine rights to him so that he doesn't get in trouble until so he gives the mine rights to the miners and Yoki's out and Yoki's like, but you said you'd tell them good things. And so he rats him out. It's just like, Yoki's been stealing from the people and he gets kicked out and like out of the military police. And it's great. It's a great like depiction of Ed and Al's character and how they always help, help the, you know, underdogs and the people who need it, but in a kind of fun trickstery sort of way. And I was like, man, I really would have loved to have seen that on the ep on the show. And, well, here we go. They uh, do it in a flashback here. So they're in this old abandoned mining town. Everyone is gone since the mine's closed. Um, Ed and Al have to deal, have Kinley's, have, have to have Kimberly's men follow them so that they're, you know, not up to no good. But they're both working on a plan to ditch them. I love how in sync they are with the plan. <laughs> they just are like, oh, thinking in their own head, like, I need to get rid of them. They both just yell, look, I saw someone over there at the same time in, like, this dark alleyways running and lose the guys by building a fake wall. Um, <laughs> and so they said, man, this would make things easier if Scar and that little girl just came to us because this mining town is so big and it's going to take us forever to find them. And all of a sudden they just hear, Alphonse! And sweet little Mei Jing has found them. And Mei is in love that Al was coming to find her. Um, and then Ed's mad. He's like, I'm here too. And she goes, both brothers have fallen desperately in love with me. And I... I laugh so hard, and then you just hear knocking inside of Al, and she's like, let me out of here! And he lets Winry out, because they have Winry hidden in Al's armor, so they can escape with Winry, and Mei Chang starts feeling betrayed that Winry was inside Al, and Al's like, no, it's not like that! And then Al yells, why am I explaining myself like I cheated on her? <laughs> it's so great. Al just doesn't want to disappoint anyone, and he's just so sweet. Um, he's the best character. I know. We love, we love Alphonse. We stand. Team Alphonse forever. Uh, so Marco and Yoki see the Elric brothers. And then Yoki's starting to explain this mining town and why he knows all about it. And we get a flashback of the story I just said. That I read the manga that I had wished. And I was like, what, is, what are the odds of the timing that I would mention that? And, like, it's chapter two of the manga. Chapter two or three. And we're, what, like, chapter 72, what you just said? And they pull it back in this. Uh, it's like, oh, what are the... Okay. So, it's the manga story I was talking about. Um, it goes into more detail of, like, Yoki trying to invest his savings, quote. Uh, but he's really trying to gamble it, and he gambles it all away, and then calls upon a family for a charitable loan. It looks like it might be the Armstrong family. Uh, because the people are blonde and super strong and huge. What are they barking at? Okay, Lord, Lord's just gonna mute while the dogs are barking. Um, so, uh, that's why Yoki hates the Elrics, because he blames them for all of the horrible things he did and lost all his money. Um, so, Mei Chang's still upset about, about Winry, and there's, like, a bunch of yelling, and you just hear Winry say in all the voices talking, did she just call me a hussy? So sweet little Mei Chang called Winry a hussy for trying to take her out from her. It made me laugh so hard. 
I also love how literally no one pays attention to Yoki. Poor guy. He's telling this whole epic story and no one is paying attention to him. I mean, granted, Poor he guy. is horrible. Well, yeah, uh, but like, they all are in their own way. At least he's open about it. I guess. Maybe. Uh, so Scar's looking around the town for food, uh, because, you know, they need food and they're in this snowy town and they're gonna get snowed in pretty soon. Um, and, but two of Kimberly's soldiers, goons, track down Scar, but we find out they're chimeras! And <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what they are, I was like, it, one's like a porcupine pig thing, and the other one is like a, a frog, frog squirting something. And yeah. they just look like straight up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle bad guys. <laughs> yeah. Look, what are, what are their names? I can't think of their names. Um, I just read. Them. I know them, but I can't think of them. Not, not the the Team and T guys. Oh, I got no idea. That, that's on you. Anyway, I know uh, them, and I'm sure people are yelling them. Uh, yeah, I'm so, gonna text Dana and ask her. She loves Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It, it's Fun the pink one. <laughs> it's the pig one. It was in the last the last live action movie too. I can't think of their names. Um Excuse me, sirs. Excuse me. One of their barks sounds like a person going uh at the yeah, end of the bark. Steve. And it's it's really creepy because I keep thinking Will's home. That's why I've said it like four times. No, that's but it's Steve. the dog's bark that I just realized. <laughs> I have tiny little yappy chihuahua mixes. So they don't sound like anything that they should sound like. <laughs> Steve's like uh, Bebop. Bebop was one of them. It's be something Bebop. Bebop. I'm just gonna keep saying Bebop. Ah, uh, T villains. TM TM. Come on, TMNT villains. Bebop and. Uh, Rocksteady. Bebop and Rocksteady. There you mm -hmm. go. Cute. That's what they remind me of. <laughs> um, anyway, that was a, that was a sidetrack. But, uh, Scar's looking for food, food, the Bebop and Rocksteady knockoffs come on. Uh, Marco says Scar's brother's book should have the answers they need for alchemy and alka history and maybe getting their body back. And all of a sudden they see this explosion in the building that Scar was in, and so they go to help. Winry is uneasy about Scar being there. You can see that it brings up a lot of emotions for her because the last time she saw Scar, she found out he's the one that killed her parents and so she had that gun and freaked out that she was thinking about killing It's a lot. Um, so Ed and Al show up to help Scar. And how they get around like so that the soldiers don't, don't catch on that they're going to help them is they play absolutely dumb. And the best part is the soldiers absolutely go for it and think they're just that dumb. Uh, and so, they played dumb in order to fight the chimera. I wrote a note, the one that spits is so dumb sounding when he spits, because he's literally like, <laughs> And it makes me so bad, because he does it like 12 times, and I'm like, stop! There's a video I'm about to send you from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and I need you to watch uh, it immediately when you get it. It's very short. Oh gosh, okay. Um, uh, but continue oh, until no. then. Because uh, you gotta hear the sound, because this is the sound you just made. I'm so mad about it. Uh, so, they play dumb, and then Ed turns the saliva into water, and then, because they're in a really cold mining town, he shoves Al onto him, so he freezes like when you stick to your tongue to a flagpole. 
Uh, and then Ed just like, they defeat the other guy, and Ed, Al just goes like, alright, big guy, why don't you take a little nap? And like, straight up WWE puts him in a sleeper hold and he passes out. Um, so Winry busts in and says, don't hurt them, and it catches Scar off guard, and they capture Scar. Uh, Major Miles brought her there. Oh gosh, here we go. I'm opening this video from Lauren. <laughs> oh, I gotta add. Dang it. This is also the most disturbing video I have watched. <laughs> He's my favorite character of that season. But that's not him, that's his body being passed by someone else. If so, you didn't know what that sound was, that was a character with a cherry <laughs> in his if mouth on his tongue. If you've watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders, you know exactly what it is. That was exactly so disturbing. Yeah. That's the noise right. that you made me think of, so I needed you to know. Ew. <laughs> I'm so sorry I made you think of that noise. Okay, so, uh, Major Miles had brought in Winry to help manipulate Scar and capture Scar. Uh, so... Winry says she has to talk to Scar, but he doesn't make eye contact. You can still see that he is dealing with the guilt of having killed Winry's parents because he didn't really know what he was doing in that moment. Like, he woke up with his brother's arm attached to his arm. Like, I, I, I'm not saying the murder was justified, but at the same time... We get it. Man, get he, was in a fugue, he was in a fugue state. And, he doesn't uh, try to make excuses for it. You gotta Yeah, that. so you gotta respect that. He knows he messed up. Um... So, she asks why he did what he did, and he says there's nothing he can say that won't sound like an excuse, and that he is responsible for their death. Then all of a sudden, there's a huge explosion where Major Miles and them were, and we were like, because we pan over to Kimberly's point of view, and they're like, that explosion came from Major Miles. And then, um, we pan back to Briggs, and I was like, ugh, we always do this. Uh, the underground tunnel team is back, but it's after the 24-hour mark, so they think they might be sealed up in there because they told General Armstrong seal it after 24 hours with concrete. But uh, the the tunnel opens up, and they're freed. And he's like, hey, it's after 24 hours. You were given orders to seal it after 24 hours. And they said, you're right. And General Armstrong gave me this watch to go by and told me that when it hits the 24-hour mark, um, then I can seal it. But the watch is broken, and it just gets stuck. And so it never was going to hit 24 hours. She was never going to leave her men trapped in there. And I was like, so sweet. Ah, she's such a good general. Um, she would help them no matter when. Buccaneer's ugly freaking smile, too, whenever he's thinking. Oh, he's, he's like, toothless little thing. smile. I know. So cute. Um, and so she's sitting outside, looking at the mountains, kind of taking a moment of peace of, you know, looking at the simpler things. And he's in there. He's at, goes out there to thank her. And he, she's like, I like looking at the mountains. It's very black and white. It's simple. And he says, there's nothing that's entirely black and white. There's blue if you look up. Um, and I don't know what that really means, but it was really sweet. Um, so all of a sudden they see that people from Central Command are arriving at Briggs and they have a few questions they'd like answered. And we know whenever people from Central show up, there's normally bloodbath. 
I heard that. What is that? A fire alarm. Upstairs? Mm-hmm. Maybe they're cooking tater tots, too? Maybe it's not poor ventilation. You're safe. Yeah, yeah, I was like, you're I safe. I live in an old house, y'all. I'm sorry for all the horrible noises that are happening. <laughs> I'm just really jealous of your tater tots, because I'm so hungry. Yeah, I, I needed these thoughts. They're giving me the strength to continue. The strength to go on straight <laughs> to believe we're breaking free we're so red Alright, sorry. Sorry for our high school musical breakout. Uh, we just gotta break free. And there's not a star in heaven that we can't reach. Okay, hey, you know the world can see <laughs> Stop. We won't stop. We gotta stop. Okay, so Ed says that Kimberly was supposed to be watching Winry, and he runs out all angrily, and then he coughs, tumbling out of the explosion where Major Miles and all of them were, and then you see that Scar has an unconscious Winry hanging from his arms at the top of the building, and he's like, no, you can't. You're gonna hit Winry, and you know, Winry's like our collateral, and I'm not gonna listen if you get her, and so Kimberly's all mad. Um, I write, this feels like a setup plan. I'm not wrong. We'll get to that next episode. Because <laughs> there's just something about Ed's tone and Winry being unconscious from where they just oh. were. And I was like, no. I literally wrote, I don't buy it. Yeah. I was second. like, no. So uh, after credit scene, I also just realized, you know, like last week I talked about who's this black haired girl in the end credits. It is Lan Fawn. Because the arm sleeve is blowing in the wind. Mm -hmm. and I was like, Lord, I can't recognize anyone. Um, after credit scene, doesn't give too much info. It looks like Scar's in on the plan. And then the, I love these little ominous after credit scene quotes. Is everything they know of been set into place by a hand they don't know into a greater reality? And I think that was the actual quote because I was trying to type it really fast. And the guy was talking really fast. And the next episode started before I could pause it and replay it. But basically, they're starting to realize everything they know is not what they know, and it's been planned all along. Which we knew. Whoa. Anyway. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Uh, do you have, like, some fun facts for us, Lauren? Uh, I have some really kind of boring facts, but here I we like go. <laughs> um, so this was from Chapter 71, In the Grip of the Red Lotus, Chapter 72, a chain of negativity, a pebble of goodness, and chapter 73, a daydream, which it was obviously been named after. Um, and the voice effects that are in the dub for Jerzo and Z uh, Zampano are only in the dub. They just sound like themselves in the sub. So. You're getting so. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get that at all. What? Not a little bit. Uh-uh. Why do I keep getting these weird things? Okay, last week That's you had the weird thing. Like, what are you talking about? Last week you had the weird thing. I'm so bothered. <laughs> yeah, it was straight up Winnie the Pooh. Like, what? 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 All right. What? Uh, 39. Daydream! Uh, guess what? Lauren, you got a, you got a Netflix intro for us? No, I don't actually. I'm kidding. I do. What? What if I don't like, have one? What if they skip one? And they're like, I no, would you don't frantically need it. be googling. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ruse of Winry's abduction by Scar is revealed, but a plan of rescue still much must be hatched. A brutal storm is coming, one which only Alphonse Elric can brave. Kind of. And I only have one voice. It's for Yoki because I kept skipping him. Because <laughs> dang I Yoki! I needed to do it. Um, 
So Yoki's English voice actor is uh, Barry Yondell, and he plays William T. Spears in Black Butler, so he's a gay butler, and Rory in Dragon Ball Z. It's a little alien dude. Very cool. The Japanese voice actor is uh, Kazuki Yayo, and he plays Frankie in One Piece. And he had about 50 of those credits, so I just wrote down the one. A lot of One Piece people in here. Just All right. Frankie. We get a new intro, Lauren. I think this what? intro is a bop. It is called Period by Chemistry. They're I already hospital. added it to my playlist. <laughs> when I heard it, I was like, bop. I was waiting for a good intro. The one after this better not suck, because I'm going to be so mad if, like, the last We got a really we quick... We got a really quick new intro, I think. That other one didn't uh, last very long, did it? I feel like it's around the same amount of episodes as the other ones. This is what? Our, okay. This is our fourth or fifth. This is our fourth. Fifth. This is our fifth, fifth. intro. So. Is it really? Yeah. I huh. think. Pretty sure. Pretty sure it's our fifth. That might be crazy. The last, the last, this last intro grew on me. Because I, I ended up really liking it with the artwork, too. Yeah. That in credit. Yeah, we like we said last week, that in credit. I just couldn't get on board the yeah. whole time. But this this intro, is it's a bop. It's good. I yeah. like it a lot. It's good. It's good, good job. Uh, so, new intro. I'm going to break down the, what I see in the new intro a little bit. Uh, Ed and Al running past each other. Uh, Winry with Ed and Al with May. So I have a feeling they're setting us up for the boys to be separated for long periods of time. And that's kind of the team. Because everything, it's like they're crossing planes and they're never there. Like with the red and the blue colors. Like, I don't like it. But so far, so far that's what's happening. So um, it looks like it's uh, philosopher's stones are like, like crumble out of somewhere. And then they're fighting pride and wrath and envy. Sloth and Kimberly versus the North. Uh, which was interesting. Um, Dowdy Elric is still standing in a field in another intro, and I'm like, bruh, let's get a move on. <laughs> That's how I felt at the end of this episode, too. I was like, time Lock. is a ticking. Time Lock is a ticking, so and you're just getting drunk in a field. Come on. He um, walked so far. He's so far away. He I just, like, he has no power. I need, I, he has no power. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ignore you, Tater Tot. Uh, <laughs> so my older brother's middle name is Tate. <laughs> so don't call him Tater Tot. Which I call him Tater Tot all the time, but he absolutely hates his middle name because it sounds like another word. That's a thing on your butt. Tate. It's really yes. <laughs> it's really funny, but yeah, he I call him Tater Tot. Do you call him Tater Tot? Because you have before. <laughs> he got really mad at me though. That's so, good. So I like that one. Uh, so then you see Ed and Al standing in a transmutation circle, and the portal doors show up and explode. The alchemist watch. It ends with the alchemist like watch dang- dangling. The state alchemist watch dangling. And I'm like, this was a lot to take in. This was I a lot like, to handle. I feel like the watch always has to dangle somewhere in the intro. You know, like dangle. I feel like that's been literally every intro. It's just a little dangle. A little, I feel. Like, I feel like. Your watch? I I, yeah, I thought I had it on my desk, and I was gonna be like, it just dangles. But I, don't. I think I have mine on my desk. It's yeah, here it is. Here, here we go. Here we go. Dangle it. Here we go. Oh no, it's stuck. Ugh, there. Dangle. Oh, here there we go. go. Anime intro done. Done. 
Beep, beep, beep. All right. Um, do, 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 I don't know why I made beeping noises of it. There you go. All right. Uh, so, um, Ed wants to know why Winry is there. Why he won't let... Oh, so, okay. So, uh, hold on. Ed wants to know why Winry is there, and he won't let Kimberly attack because Sky is Winry. Okay, so it's what I said at the end of the last episode. All right, all right, there we go. Um, Major Miles whispers to Ed, that was a convincing performance, and Ed says he's just as angry as he sounds, but lo and behold, this was a plan all along they had. Um, so we flash back to before the explosion of, like, them hatching up their plan. Winry starts bandaging Scar's arm, saying he'll die if they don't stop the bleeding, and that her parents would have wanted her to do this. She doesn't forgive his wanton murdering, but is helping Scar. Ed hugs Winry, like, bops heads, like, together, like, you know the emotional, like, when you just touch your head to somebody he, else's head? He, he, he did this to her. And then he put his head, hand on his head, and then, like, yells at Scar, and is like, if you do anything to hurt her, he's like, I will not hurt the girl. Also, um, there, there's a point. Well, it's like right after this. They tell her to take her earrings out. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, I'll out. get there. Don't worry. I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. The love okay. part. Don't, don't you worry. I did take a note about this that. Is love. This is me thinking that this is absolutely ridiculous. But we'll get into it in a second. Go it's ahead. Ridiculous. It was a proclamation. It's almost like she gave him a ring. Okay. But, uh, we'll get to it. Scar and Miles talk about why is Miles? Because Miles, uh, Major Miles is a. Um, is Ishvalan, why he's working for the Amestrian military, and then he explains how he's trying to change it from the inside out, change the way he views the Ish, uh, how they view Ishvalans, and he says he hopes his ripples become waves, and that General Armstrong was the one who started him on this path. Scar starts to feel guilty and says he's just a festering wound of hatred left over from the war, and I'm like, growth. We call that growth. True. You are now being self-realized. Self-aware. Self-aware. Thank you. It. That's the word I was going for. Um. Miles is the one trying to help come up with a plan to get Scar free, because they need Scar free so he can decipher the book. Uh, and um, it's also going to help, you know, save all the Mestres if they, you know, decipher everything. And so that's how they get the Chimeras on their team. They're like, don't you have family? Don't you? They're like, my family was told we were dead. And Al just has this amazing moment. Um, he stops them from killing uh, the Chimera soldiers because their families were told they're dead. They want their true bodies back. Al tells them, doesn't want to hear this fatalistic nonsense and that they should live to try and get their bodies back. And that's, he, he's going through that same thing. And he's going to do it too. And so the Chimera, Rocksteady, and Bebop are now going along with them. Um, Al is the king of the monsters. Just Al is Honestly, the Elrics are the kings of Chimeras. That is, I think that's what this show is about. It's just them making their own chimera. You're army. not wrong. You're not wrong. Maybe uh, that'll be a thing. They'll just take all the chimeras and they'll have their own army to fight. And well, they friends. won't. They won't take that lizard man. Uh, uh, spoiler. I'm so sorry. Spoiler. Tune in next week. <laughs> um, so they have they have this plan. That Scar's going to take Winry as hostage, so that the military police won't use her as a real hostage. And Scar says he's not going to break his word. They swear on their Ishvalan blood. And he's like, we don't break our promises. And Ed's like, eh, I'm watching you. But, um, you know, that's a big deal. Winry's going to have to be with Scar. So, 
Yoki finally has a good idea. And I laugh so hard because everybody's like, wow. He's like, look, what happens if you listen to me? Uh, because I mean, he worked for a mining town. He's like, why don't we just go through the mines? Because the snowstorm's coming. And they're like, wow, look at you. Um, Winry's actually the one who comes up with the hostage plan, though. Because she's amazing. And she's willing to be uncomfortable in order to save the greater good. And it's more than I would do. Um, the Chimera soldiers say they'll help. Uh, Marco guilts them, saying if they try to stop them, the whole country and all their loved ones will end up dying. And, you know, that's that's a lot to take on. Like, your mother, your grandmother, your brother, your sister, they're all going to be dead. And so, Winry takes, has to take out her earrings, um, because they're going in the snowstorm, and they said, hey, they're metal. If the metal's touching your skin, you're going to get frostbite. So she takes them out, and she tells Ed to hang on to them for her when they're back together again. And I was like, Y'all are in love, and that was almost like a ring, and I'm a it's big like, fan of this. I get that it's supposed to be this sweet thing, but what an inconvenient thing to be given to hold on to. Because it's not a ring. It's multiple ear piercings. Also, have you ever just had earrings in your pocket? It's not comfortable. Yes, they and they you. are not. And I almost of- felt like he should have transmuted them into a ring, and then he would transmute them back when they're together again. Part of me feels like she just gave them to Ed because she doesn't have pockets on that tiny, tiny little skirt that she always wears. She's got a jacket. The, not real pockets, baby. That's women's That's jacket. Stuff. That's true. Yeah. That's true. They're all fake pockets. And they're the worst. I just thought that was kind of a ridiculous thing for like a... Anyway, it's true love yeah. and how dare you. Stop <laughs> talking over me. Let me say my crap. It's true it's love. Ridiculous. It's it's a little ridiculous. That's it. It's true love, and I love it. Uh, that's my opinion. So, <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Your opinion is wrong. I can't think of that. Quote. Don't From you dare work. tell me my opinion is wrong. You know that's my biggest pet peeve. It's an opinion. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I was quoting workaholics. And I, I can't remember the quote. Well, he says he's like they say something. He's like that's my opinion. He's like crying. He's like well, I'm sorry. Your opinion's wrong. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, but I can't remember the exact quote now, so it doesn't land. Okay. So, um, Briggs has called Miles on the phone with one of the Northern soldiers, and all of a sudden we see his face is shocked, like, what? And then we, like, don't get to hear what that info is for a little while. So we pan back to the underground tunnel team, which is Scar, Marco, Winry, Mei Chang, all them. Uh, Marco says there's no doctor in the military who didn't know the Rock Bells, and he's telling Winry how, like, he's speaking so highly of them, and it's so sweet. Uh, Scar has flashbacks on how his brother wants to eliminate fear and hatred, something he's been dwelling on. He thinks how Winry can't forgive him, but he can't forgive Amestris, and we're just about to see a lot of Scar growth here. And, you know, big fan of that, big fan. Um... Yoki can meet, read the map super well and helps them figure out a plan to get to the brig to Briggs uh, fortress uh, since he's good at reading mining maps. I guess they're different than normal maps. I don't know. They're, they're, um, they're just. They're just. I was like, I guess we just need some more Yoki in here. It's Yoki's uh, superpower. He's the only one out of the group that can read a map. mining map. Yeah. Uh, May May talks about how, oh no, the Chimera soldiers are joking about their bodies, getting back to their family, and it's just nice to see them, like, they're also saying, like, oh, our family hates us, they're not gonna be happy to see us. I was like, that's awful. I took it as a little, like, grain of salt, but they were joking again, and I was like, they were really, like, experimented on soldiers. They probably didn't sign up for this. I know. And so, you know, it made me think of Deep Cut. 
it made me think of like uh in Star Wars The Clone Wars, the original animated series before episode three, they have <laughs> stop it, Lord. <laughs> they have these people they kidnap from like a local village and turn into these monsters, mutated monsters that they use that the that the um what's it called? I have cannot think of words. The the bad guys use as like their military people and um, they're not, like, accepted back in the village because they just think they're monsters and they don't realize they're the same people that they love and know. They're just mutated against their will. And so it just reminded me of that. So it got me a soft spot. Stop shaking your head at me. Star Wars is great. They made Star Wars is great. Um, so, here we go. May talks about how her family is waiting for her back in Xing, but how she can't go back because the Philosopher's Stone requires human sacrifices. And the moment that the Emperor finds out, he's not going to hesitate to do so. So we see Mei Cheng, poor Mei Cheng, stuck in this like conundrum of like, I want to go help my family. They're, they need something. They're lowest on the totem pole. Um, that's a horrible phrase. They're, they're, uh, they're just, what did she say about her family there? The lowest clan? Yeah. There's like something the about her family's, family. yeah, and they're super it. poor. Um, and so she wants to, uh, have this info so that she can help also, them, but it's our first it's people's lives. Into the Xing, the Xingnese emperor, and it's not a good one. So yeah. I, I see why, I see why Ling is so desperate to take over for such a bad person, especially with, yeah. with his views about rulers and how they should be. Yeah. People. It, 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 he wants to change the dynamics. Um. So, Miles learns that they've moved, that General Armstrong is no longer at Briggs. They have moved her back to Central. And it's no longer safe there because Central soldiers have been flooding in, and they can't figure out how to warn Winry and Marco and Scar in time, because they're on their way to Briggs. Um, and But Al says he has a body that can go in the snowstorm, and he can go try and warn them. So... Oh my goodness. All of a sudden, in the whiteness of the so snowstorm, Al sees his body in the portal, like his human body. And almost like he had a flash into the portal and a flashback to Billy the Chopper talking about bodies rejecting souls and, you know, bodies pulling souls back, all that jazz. And he says his body is pulling on his soul and he, like, passes out. And I'm like, ah! Um, so, it pans back to Father. Uh, and Father is sitting in his underground lair, for lack of better words, that's under Central. Um, he has these, like, little, like, chess pieces, almost, that make up, like, the points on the transmutation circle. And he points to Al, Ed, and Vaughn. And then he says, maybe Izumi Curtis. That leaves one more. So, so far we know those are all people who have seen the portal. Al, Ed, and Vaughn. Izumi, he assumes, but he doesn't know for sure. But we know Izumi has seen the portal. And then he's looking for maybe one more. Um, so that's a big deal. Those are the five points and, you know, of the Pentagon that's inside the circle, and that means those people are going to be, like, the sacrifices that open the portal? We don't know. Uh, we assume it's a lot. It's scary. They're almost there. Um, so or in credits... chosen for enlightenment. Maybe, yeah. I, I feel like it's going to be a lot of murder. I mean, murder. probably. Murder. Who knows? Yeah. I, I made some ridiculous, uh... Yeah! I can't, I can't doubt your... Yeah, I can't doubt your far-fetched guesses anymore. Maybe, um, maybe, right, maybe I'm speaking it into existence, you know, It's like, rewriting like, itself as we yeah. speak. Yeah. Uh, so, breaking down the new end credits, you see a lot of Hawkeye Scar, lots of flashbacks of Daddy Elric, and 
aka Vaughn. We have to start referring to him as Vaughn because, or Ho. I've been calling him Ho, and I will continue to call him Ho. <laughs> because, um, because there's so many daddies. daddies. Uh, there's also Lion Chimera on their team, and I was like, where's this Lion Chimera coming from? Wait two seconds. Uh, and then other two Chimera soldiers, it looks like they've teamed up with Scar and Marco, and they're gonna help the Elric team, and then I said, I don't know about this ending. There's like an adult hand and a smaller child hand like holding each other. So, and then all of a sudden it's like light exploding with power. And I was like, what does this mean? I think it's Ed's hand. Because it's, it's his, um, his metal hand. So I think it's him getting his hand back. And I'm hopeful that it's his own hand as a child. And him like reaching out to himself like, no, we did it. Um, but also part of me thinks that they just really drew Winry's hand super small. <laughs> so it could be either I was I was thinking it was like Vaughn's hand and one of the boys' hands. No, I think it's too intimate a touch for that. Like, it would creep me out if a dad was, like, shifting his hand all over his child's hand. Like yeah, it was that. a little weird. You know? And then, like, power emerging from it. I don't know. Yeah. So. I don't know. Also, a thing I pulled from the end credits, Pride looks like the major big bad this this arc. Mm -hmm. um, after credits scene, Hawkeye and Mustang learning secrets in Central. Uh, and then the ominous quote at the end, he who is right does not always win. It is he who overcomes all barriers that will prevail. And I was like, goodness, this was so much info in this episode. <laughs> so that's what I got. Lauren, you got some fun facts? Uh, not really. Uh, so... This covered chapters 72, A Chain of Negativity, A Pebble of Goodness, and 73, A Daydream. A That's that. Uh, the opening song is titled Period. It's by Chemistry, J-pop duo. And the end theme, if you liked it, which I don't know if I liked it yet. I'm still on the fence. I cannot remember it to save my life. <laughs> it's called uh, Shunkan Sentimental, and it's by a band called Scandal. And they also, they did a couple of openings for Bleach, but like in the later seasons, like uh, I think it was 10, 10 and like 14 or 15. Huh. It's been a long time since I've watched Bleach. I, I don't remember it. And I don't think I got that far. I might have huh. gotten to season 10 or to opening 10. Not not to 14 or 15, though. I stopped at that point. It was a lot. That is a lot. Alright, so then that brings us to episode 40. In parentheses, oh. Homunculus, the dwarf in the flask. Lauren, do you have a, a Netflix intro for this really complicated title? Oh, you bet your butt I do. Uh, long ago, the blood of a simple slave was used in an experiment which created a strange, shapeless being. In exchange for the gift of existence, the being gave the slave a name and cursed him with immortality. Here are your voice actors for this episode. I don't like that intro. It's a little spoilery. A little bit, yeah. Netflix is, it's, it's weird. It's been doing pretty good. Really good. And then yeah. it just goes back into being bad. Cursed um, him with immortality. I was like, oh, well, all right. Spoiler. Yeah. Uh, but... Sorry, Whataburger tea break. Uh, if you don't live in Texas and you've never had Whataburger sweet tea, you are not for truly our nine existing. our nine Canadian list listeners. You're not truly existing, my dudes. I need you come to visit come visit us to Texas and get you a Whataburger sweet tea. That's all you need. But don't visit us in person. We're real awkward. Yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> wait until we get a, like a live show or something. Maybe. Yeah. Wait till we go to a place where we can see you for a few hours and leave. That's that's about. That's how entertaining we are. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
Slave number 33, or Young Ho. <laughs> Young Ho? <laughs> and his English voice actor's name is Aaron Desmuke, and he plays... 23? 23. 23. 23. He plays uh, Tamaki Amajiki, or Sun Eater, in My Hero Academia. And he also... Fun. Fun. This is really fun. Wait, he plays who's Sun Eater? He's the... The guy on Thackham's team that's not Kirishima. Okay. Yeah. One of the <laughs> back three. Got it. Um. Oh, got it! Oh, the yeah. one that eats things. Got it. Yeah. Now I really do got it. But he was also the voice of Alphonse Elric when he was a kid. Like, the original, from the original series. But then he got old, so he's not that voice anymore. <laughs> you're a girl. Um, the Japanese actor's name is uh, Daisuke... Namakawa. And he plays Toru Oikawa, or Toru Oikawa, sorry, in Haikyuu. Uh, he plays the, uh, I can't say this name, so I'm not going to, but he plays the sword guy with the weird face, the face in Demon Slayer. The guy who makes the swords. Oh, oh, with, with the nose. Uh huh. Yes. What, what, spell it out? Uh, hold on, maybe I can say it. It's Haganazuka. Hagani Zuka. <laughs> no, I, I was way too confident. No, he's I just the guy it. with the mask. That's it. That's yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the sweet sword guy that took care yeah. of, well, what's her name? Nezuko. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he was also uh, Jiranoi Ginovana in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Eyes of Heaven. And probably his most credited thing, I shouldn't leave this off, but I, I don't care for him. It's a uh, Hinosuke and Hunter Hunter. He's like this crazy clown dude. You're gonna hate him, oh. and everyone's obsessed with him. They all think he's hot, and I just think he's weird and creepy. A clown? Kids. No. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> and then I'm I have not a fan. Uh, Young Ho's master, and his English voice actor is Bruce Carey. He plays uh, Silver's Riley in One Piece and Nemo in Dragon Ball Z. And then okay. his Japanese voice actor only has one name, like straight up Beyonce. Oh, I love that. Uh, it's Takitora. That's it. That's just his name. No last name. He's the Zendaya of anime. Yeah. And he plays, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, Goki in Tekken. He's like the super big muscle guy with the ponytail and the big scar down his face. Well, good character. Decent, decent mechanics. And then I've got the king of uh, Xerxes and his English voice actor is Bill Jenkins. Uh, Bill! What? He plays uh, Dr. Elephant in Sands of Destruction, which I've never seen, but I saw Dr. Elephant, and I had to write it down. <laughs> he had other stuff, but I saw that and fixated on it, so that's that's it. That's all I wrote down for that. Begins. Why does that sound then, familiar? Oh, he also plays number 48 in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I forgot about that. I did write oh. that down. So he was one half of the samurai that Ed fought in... The fifth laboratory, and then uh, the, the 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 Japanese voice actor is Tako Ishimori, and he plays Sengoku in One Piece, and that was it. Huh. Oh, I forgot to say in the last episode. No, it's not the last episode. It's in the next episode. Never mind. We're not talking about it. All right. <laughs> okay. Maybe you have to sneeze. No. 
No, we don't. Power no. through. Power through. Question? All right. Here we go. They do think that General Armstrong has something to do with Raven's disappearance, but she's too smart to leave evidence, and they know that. Uh, she runs into Mustang, and he tries to be nice to her, and she, he, like, offers to take her out. She's like, I could eat you into bankruptcy. <laughs> he offers yeah, to take her to a restaurant, wait. and I was like... It was... You're a man short on money and nerve. And I was like, dang. And then I said I would I said I would let her eat all of my money. Just all of it. Take all of it. I love her. Oh my uh, gosh. Uh and so he like tries to Oh my gosh. I know my Lord I got absolutely lost it. Uh, that's funny. Uh, he offers her some flowers, hinting at the code she sent him, and she acts like she doesn't know what he's talking about, and I really love that. She's like, uh, you're not gonna ruin my pride right now. Uh, Fury wants to talk to her. He asks what she's into Raven since he's disappeared, and she's like, I don't know. And then he says, is that why you saw, is that the reason you saw fit to dispose of him? And I was like, oof. Uh, she says he was too talkative, and says all the immortality info and his excellency's identity... And he says, but you still answered my summons. So she's going to play the game real deep now. So she's going to be in a lot of danger if she messes up. She says she wants to take over Raven's seat. Bradley says that he will still be taking over Briggs, but she can have his seat. Uh, and her soldiers are still standing as one and will all act as one will. Um, the bears will fight the tigers is basically what they say. And I was like, this is just I love it. This is so there. She has trained it. those men to be good to the core. She's going to play this game. And she's going to get more info, but she knows Briggs is going to be okay because those are her men. And I, she's, she's they're all, they're like, all fine young gentlemen. Also, Mustang a, is a fine young medicine. gentleman because he calls her General Sir. And I cannot, I cannot stand how pure and wonderful and respectful that is. Thank you, Mustang. Just great. Um, so Hawkeye and Mustang are eating lunch together, and Hawkeye can sense when Pride is around. You could hear the little noise again, and I was like, hey, I hear it, uh, and listening. They're communicating through Morse code, I thought, at first, and they're not, because uh, they were like, she started tapping, so I think that's when she was like, hey, listen to what I'm saying, and so yeah. he tapped back like, I get it, I'm listening. Um, and she starts dropping name hits, and he puts all the first letters of the name together, and it spells Selene Bradley is a homunculus. Mustang, I wrote, Mustang does have a few brain cells. Because <laughs> I love that man. But he is, he's a sweet, dumb. dumb. Yeah. Sweet, big, dumb. Um, it's not like Armstrong, who's sweet, big, smart emotion. He is just big, dumb. Strong, big, dumb. He, Strong, big he is, dumb. he is the himbo. You would think it'd be Armstrong, but Armstrong's too smart. Mustang is my himbo. You've got a weird definition of himbo. I think I do. It's fine. Uh, it's a really just... weird definition of himbo. Because <laughs> he's not a himbo, dude. Anyway, anyway, father's dreaming. Uh, it's a flashback to when he was young, and I said, I said father's dreaming. It's Daddy Elric is dreaming. It's ho. It's, he, ho, it's ho. I've got too many fathers and daddies in my notes that I've given him a Just swap. call him ho. It's okay. Honem Von Ho Dan Ho. is having a flashback to when he's young, and I said, oh boy, he really does look like Ed. Uh, and there's this little fl fuzzy black thing, it looks like the soot sprites in the Ghibli movies. But not, uh, in the f but not cute. There's no cute little pastel stars around him, it's just this really creepy looking eyeball and a mouth. Um, fuzzy black thing in the flask is talking to him. He says, what's your name? And he's like, I'm number 23 because he's a slave. He doesn't have a name. Uh, 
So, <laughs> deeded is when a piece, I wrote this down because he said he deeded something. Uh, I said deeded is when a piece of property is transferred to another person. Um, so, this thingy was born from Hohenheim because he gave the thing his blood. Uh, and the thing gives him a name. And he said, he says one name at first. He's like, that's too complicated. He's like, that's right. Name. That's right. You're, you're a slave. You're not smart. And I was like, holy. And he goes, I'm going to give you an easy name. Von Hohenheim. I was like, that's, that's the easy name. All right. Von so then is it, an easy name. Hohenheim. Hohenheim. It jazzes it up. I guess. Gotta keep it jazzy. So it all caps are Daddy Elric and Father. Apparently, this is when my allergy medicine was setting in yesterday, and I was slow to this boat. Uh, so these notes from here on out, disclaimer, they could be a little backwards. Uh, so, um, the thing is telling him that as a slave, he's the same as him, trapped inside this stuffy flask, and he starts making Vaughn crave freedom. The fuzzy, fuzzy thing has now gained an eye and teeth. It looks like the portal. And he says, you can call me the dwarf in the flask, otherwise known as a homunculus. Which is interesting. I want, mm. What is the definition of... What is the definition of a homunculus? A homunculus. A very small human or humanoid creature. Okay, so... Uh, a supposed microscopic but not fully formed human being from which a fetus was formerly believed to develop. All right, so that's pretty accurate. I was wondering about that, and I didn't look it up yesterday. So that makes sense. Um, all things are made from one, and all things return to one. All One is all, and all is nothing. Basically, Hohenheim learns all about the alchemy fundamentals and things we've heard teachers say um, in training under his master. But the homunculus is actually the one who trained him. And so the homunculus and Vaughn have kind of become friends in a way because he's trained him, given him a name, made of great freedom, help him become an alchemist to get this freedom. And Vaughn says, maybe one day I'll be able to get married and have a family. And the homunculus is just like, bruh, like there's so much more to life than this. What are you oh, doing? Vaughn and you see, yeah. all Vaughn wanted was a happy family and to live a happy life. Um, so... They talk about how humans live for the bonds they form with friends and family members, which is all Vaughn wanted, because Vaughn was a slave, and Vaughn didn't get to have that. So, the homunculus says he'll be happy if he can just leave the flask, setting, and I think he's setting up a trap to escape with all the knowledge and all that. The king of Xerxes is wanting immortality and is asking the homunculus out to achieve, is asking the homunculus out to achieve it? I don't know. He's asking if they can achieve it, and we'll let him out if they can. Um, Xerxes comes under attack, and the king says to carve out the crest of blood while there's still time. You can still see the transmutation circle that we saw in Gluttony on the ground, um, in this building. So, the little fuzzy- I keep saying the little fuzzy black guy. All of them standing in the five, like, pentagon spots. So, we know they're gonna be, like, the human sacrifice, and then it goes to Vaughn. He says now the king can become immortal. The guy carrying him looks a lot like Daddy Elric Vaughn. Uh, I'm like trying to type so fast during this episode because we just keep dropping a lot of knowledge. Um, so the what Vaughn thinks that the king will achieve immortality, but then all of a sudden the little portal hands start shooting up, and all the other wise men start dying, and so does the king. 
And they were told if they were in the center of the circle, they wouldn't be harmed, which isn't true. The true center of the transmutation circle is where Bond was standing, because he used Bond's blood to open the doorway. And then we see the big eye and all that, and the portal's open. All of Xerxes is getting wiped out. Bond didn't ask for this. The transmutation marks eat up the homunculus and Bond. We see, like, the little, like, rectangle squares that cover him. And Xerxes is completely destroyed. It pans back to Bond laying on the ground of the king's temple thing. His master and everyone is dead. So the names that we hear him yelling and thanking earlier in the other episode are the same names he's yelling now. They're like his master and all that. Um, a voice says that all the souls have been taken from them. The king is him? Is <laughs> my question mark. Uh, so using Bond's blood, the homunculus created a receptacle for himself. It's actually... The homunculus from the flask. Clearly, I'm a little buzzed on allergy medicine typing. He thanks him by giving him a body that will live forever, which is actually a curse because all Vaughn wanted to do is have a family and be free. Um, Hohenheim can hear half of the people in Xerxes inside of his body, like Girl. crying out. I know. Girl. That was they were given in exchange for immortality, and the other half is in the homunculus to have his body. Well, imagine that it's just torture. Knowing That's that you drink. Yeah, like this poor thing. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm so mean to him. At the same time, he was an abandoning father. But at the same time, that's some trauma. That's some trauma. That's <laughs> some stuff to work out, man. It's some trauma. Okay, uh -huh. so all of a sudden, Hohenheim was passed out on the train, and Teacher runs into him. They finally get to meet each other, because, you know, Teacher's kind of like the one that raised the boys. Um, They've already met. They know each other. How? I don't, I don't know, but she says, after they see each other, she said, I never thought Ed and I were your kids. Like, she said, what Oh, that's chances? right. Yeah. They talk about that in that episode when they're, like, trying to learn about the Philosopher's Stone, and they're like, oh, this guy named Vaughn, and he's like, Hohenheim? Okay. Mm -hmm. So they've met, it's been a minute, and they didn't realize it, because Hohenheim's an abandoning father. Uh, so, they're walking, and Izumi does her normal cough-up blood thing, and Vaughn says Izumi's not alright, and says for Sig to go get a car, which is really so he can get Sig out of the way, uh, and then he tells Izumi that he knows she's seen the truth, and asks what she sacrificed, said her insides were taken when trying to bring her child back to life, Vaughn says he's sorry, and then just straight up shoves his hand into her body, and I was like, ah! Seriously. <laughs> and I lost it. I was, I was like, does he kill her? In that moment, I was like, no. Get no! My girl. Yeah, Sig uh -huh. just punches Vaughn, and I was like, no, same same reaction, man. I was like, don't you touch her! Um, but somehow, Izumi says somehow her breathing is easier. So Vaughn just straight up, like, went with his fingers inside her entrails and rearranged her organs to improve the flow of blood and tells her he cannot give she cannot give in to her fate yet, saying like, you know, she's destined to die. But he says this is the the part that kinda of blew me away. He just casually says, She goes, You're not normal, you're not human, what are you? And he goes, I'm a living philosopher's stone in the form of a man and I was like, Ew what? <laughs> so uh the, that was manga. He says that he's a monster. That's well, it. he drops a bigger bomb <laughs> in the animation. I guess they like, had to move whoa. on, didn't they? They're like, ah, that no, we, we moved, gotta move moved this along. Quickly. Yeah. I feel like the past few episodes have been, um, we gotta move this along, because this is the end of the episode. Like, they just are dumping info on you now, and you're like, ah! <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. Not gonna lie. 
Yeah, so after credit scene, Ed's talking about how the Philosopher's Stone comes in many forms, has many names, how it's an incredible power, but it's tiny, it could come as a liquid or crystal, you have to kill thousands of people to do a big one, and then it pans to Vaughn when he says that line. So it's just covering things we know, (laughs) but I mean, like... In the sub, at least, he says... They're talking about it, and he's like, they're tiny, and, and Miles is like, well, what about a big one? He said, I would never want to see anything bigger than this. Yo, daddy! Yo, daddy! So then the ominous voice is talking about equivalent exchange. They're fighting in the snow, and the quote says, a young man is called upon. He must take his payment with his own pain. And then it pans to Al passed out in the snow. And that's it until next week. Um, so the content from this came from chapter 74, The Dwarf and the Flask, 75, The Last Days of Xerxes, and 76, Shape of a Person, Shape of a Stone. Real well, big like that right there. And yeah, I like that nice. title. Um, so originally this episode was written to be called, uh, The Little One in the Flask, but when you I like that, that better. In, when you write that in Japanese, it says homunculus, like the kanji says homunculus so so that's why they went with both homunculus the dwarf and the blast okay yeah i really wasn't expecting when i googled definition of homunculus it to be so spot on i thought that was like a word made up in the show and it's a it's a real word i knew it i got so excited because of my fun fact i was like she's gonna see it she's gonna see it yeah so excited (laughs) that's good that's good i like that i I like that do you got any other fun facts for us that's uh, it? No, that's that's all my that's all my fun. Um, it's all I your only fun. Down one major question here, and it was if Ho is a philosopher's oh. stone, are the boys half philosopher's stone? <laughs> that was my only question. And do we get an answer to that next week? I guess you'll have to tune in. We do have an answer to that next week. And subscribe. Subscribe and subscribe, weird. yeah. Don't you know, weirdos that keep watching and listening and not subscribing and following, rude. Don't be afraid. I almost deleted all Don't my notes. Afraid. That was really scary. <laughs> Do not. Do I was that. like, ah. <laughs> uh, so next week we're watching episodes forty-one through forty-four. Episode forty-one is called "The Abyss." That's a hard episode. <laughs> episode forty-two is called "Signs of a Counteroffensive," which I keep trying to say counteroffense, but it's counteroffensive. I uh, also thought that, so. <laughs> I, like, wrote, miswrote it, like, five times. Episode 43, Bite of the Ant. I'm not quite sure why that one's called that, but all right. I know why it's called that. I will tell is you it, Is it because week. the slug? Is it because the slug? No, it's a saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fun fact for next week. And then episode yeah. 44, I hate this title because it's one line, one throwaway line in the episode <sighs> that so Ed says, Stupid. Revving, though. revving at full throttle. And I was like, what a child. <laughs> this is like the skulls on the snowman. Dude, I'm revving at full yeah. throttle. What? You don't like my style? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't like your style. That one anyway. guy, yeah, you have a horrible style. <laughs> he does. Anyway. That's yeah. it. That's what we got. That's it. Um, that's, that's so the episode. Like, subscribe, follow us, tell your friends, please. Watch the show, send us, read the manga. Send an email and tell, send us a picture if you know if Ishval is Ishval or Ishval. Ishval, <laughs> Ishval. Uh, Gateway Anime Podcast at gmail.com. Look, I'm going to it. It's down here. There we go. I don't like these. Right I don't there. like these. 
flangey wiggles anymore. I can't stop. Maybe if I do it like... Oh, stop! Why are you doing the worm? I don't know. I can't stop sweating. I uh, think I'm running a fever, so I have to pee so bad, too. And my mom made pancakes, so I really uh, want that's, pancakes. That's a lot of things. <laughs> it all happens so quickly. I need, I need NyQuil. Okay. I need sleep, so this works yeah. for me. Uh, I love you. Lauren loves you. And we love anime. Bye. Bye.